Welcome to Unsigned Hype episode 10. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to the incredible artist Lane Beckstrom from Chicago. Prior to your interview, I asked Lane which song he would play for someone that wasn't familiar with his music yet. Lane chose the song Animals, and if you're not familiar with Lane's music yet, here's a snippet of that song before we jump into the interview. This is Unsigned Hype. The song you just heard is called Animals by Lane Beckstrom, who's joining us from Chicago today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on the show. Lane, why is Animals the song you would play for someone that has never heard your music before? Um, first of all, thanks so much for having me, Miles. This is awesome. Uh, let's see. Animals. Animals is the song that I want someone to hear who has not heard my music because uh it's one of my weirder songs it has like a vocal cadence and a way of singing and a groove and um like a bass line and, and a drum beat that is like kind of un un not really anywhere else on my album and um it kind of represents uh the the album's called looking out and part of that is me trying to figure out the sound that I wanted and kind of looking inward, but also looking outward and, and looking at all of my influences and looking at all the music I've listened to over the years and trying to figure out um, what I'm doing, really. That's kind of the whole... This, this is my first album, and I'll be honest with you, like I was still figuring it out the whole time and... So Animals kind of represents the second wave of the album because I kind of wrote the album in two parts. It started with five songs, um, Mineral, Raining in L.A., uh, and then I can't remember the three others, but it started with five, and then there was another round that I wrote after because I... Um, sorry, I'm jumping into the story of the album a little bit here, but... It's all good. <laughs> I wrote five songs sent it to this label fresh elects and they said they loved it but they wanted a full album and i said okay i'm open to that so i wrote another five songs and when it came time to wrote the write those second round of songs i was already strangely in a different place sort of musically i was like i want to i want to explore more types ways different ways to make songs and i want to um, get a little more experimental and animals the song animals kind of represents that that beginning of um, exploration and wanting to make something a little more weirder and a little more outside the box of the first five songs so like if you listen to a song like my song mineral it's a it's a pretty straight ahead like like rock pop song um but if you listen to animals it's um it's it's not i would not consider it to be like really a straight ahead song um so yeah that's why i chose animals because it's kind of weirder and it represents 
the sort of whole ethos of the album, which is just kind of me experimenting and figuring out what I'm doing, what my sound is. And so, yeah. You've been a part of the music industry for, for a very long time. Um, was there a reason, a particular reason, why this need to find your own sound came now after 10 plus years of you being involved with so many projects? Do you, do you know why that is? Why is it now that this came about? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it's, a, it's an interesting one because um, it kind of has to do with how, you, how different musicians um, approach music and, and where people get the most enjoyment or the most fulfillment from music. So I think for a lot of folks um, that are, you know, instrumentalists and side, you know, side people, side musicians that play in, play in bands but aren't necessarily the band leader or maybe don't necessarily play a huge part in the songwriting. I think a lot of people definitely enjoy doing that and love being, you know, side people and playing in bands. And I do. I certainly do myself as well. But after a while, you start to ask yourself, like, uh, you know, well, I feel like I might have something to say or like I feel like there's a deeper artist within me that wants to say something or like could make a world of my own. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. You kind of start to ask yourself that question. And... Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just like, dang, like I think I could write a song. I think like I'm I'm playing bass on this song with this person. I feel like I could write a song like that and hey, like I think I might be able to sing too like you know, if I don't it, you just kind of keep asking these questions and it's like, well, if I don't explore these questions and act on them, then I've I'm just going to feel like there's something I'm missing. Um yeah. There was a um, there was an EP you put out, I think, in 2015, um, more Ooh. electronic based. I think oh. Argo or Argot or something. Yes. I, what's what's how do you pronounce that? I think Probably? it would be Argo. Argo. Yeah. Argo. Um, so this was a moment where you where you've kind of decided to do your own thing. I'm wondering what makes that situation back then different from the one today. Oh man, dude, that's a great question. Um. I guess that one is different because it's it was I guess I make a I make a big distinction between instrumental music and music with vocals and singing and and more of traditional songwriting in that way. Um but yeah, I mean to be honest with you like the Argo that uh, that was like I was going through this phase where I was really obsessed with electronic music and um and again, it was just kind of the same thing of like I think I can make my own world here and I don't necessarily have to be like a side musician. And if I don't explore making my own world, then I'm always just going to be, you know, wondering, you know, what could have been. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, there's not a huge difference between like putting out that electronic music and now like making songs with singing. Not a huge difference, except I think the singing thing is a big jump for me. It's a it's a very different and um 
yeah, it makes it a little more immediate, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, that's a great question. No, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, that brings me to my next question. How do you feel? How do you feel now that the album is out and that you've, that you've dared to do something new? And also with that, how important is it, you think, to dare new things as a musician? Because mm. you took kind of a leap of faith, I think. Um, yeah, tell me a bit more about that. I'm, I'm interested in hearing your, also your feelings about the album being out and you having performed the show to promote it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag, honestly. Um, on the one hand, I'm like super happy it's out and I feel like I finally kind of turned the corner here. Like it was, it was a long time coming and there were some delays. The pandemic delayed the release and you know, doing something on a, putting in a, putting a project out on like a label just takes longer period. I mean, some, some labels move faster than others, but it's going to take longer than like just putting it out yourself. Uh, cause when you do it yourself, you can do whatever you want and you don't have to worry. I mean, you should, you should worry about, you know, certain things like publicity or whatever, but, but the point is you can, you can move a little faster if you want. Um, so on the one hand, I'm like happy that it's out and I'm super excited to turn the corner. Um, but on the other hand, it's also, uh, it's also kind of this like, all right, well, what's next now sort of feeling. What a, okay, so that's done. Now there's something else. Um, so it's a little bittersweet, but I'm, I'm very happy yeah. it's out. Yeah. That's it's funny that you mentioned that because that's also something I've been I've been hearing so much is like you chase after the next thing and after the next thing and after the next thing and then it's like it's done and then you know what's what's next yeah. what do you do after that but yeah yeah it's all part of being an artist I guess you mentioned the label and I I, I and and the the differences a little bit between deciding to putting up music yourself what what was the advantage of getting a label label involved this time for you um. Well, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of like administrative things that a label will do for you. For instance, um, my guy at Fresh Selects, Kenny, who is awesome. Uh, there's just a ton of like little things like figuring out artwork and, um, helping get your music into syncs, um, like for commercials and things like that. And, um, like figuring out uh, the best way to upload it to streaming. There's this whole like game that artists have to play now with the algorithm, like the Spotify algorithm. And like, it's, a, it's just a complete game that I was unaware of really. And, and figuring out how to um, play that game the best way so that you can game the algorithm to get more listeners than you would have if you just kind of toss it up there randomly. Um, so doing it with a label was super helpful for that. And also it just kind of looks in, in this, in this day and age, um, where like making something look a certain way or more professional is, can be helpful. And sometimes that means, you know, having it on a label and, um, so yeah, that I, but, but really it's like, there's just so many little like administrative things that. Um, it was really, really awesome to have another person helping me with that. Can you explain a little bit what um, the label, this label in particular, base 
their decision on? Like, how does that work? Because they probably will not work with anyone that submits music. What yeah. uh, would you say made them want to work with you on this one? I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think Kenny just heard he just heard something in my music and he resonated with it. Um, and Fresh Alex is really cool because it's like it's uh, it's a wide variety of genres. Really, there's not like people kind of know it for being sort of a hip hop like Portland rap sort of thing. But if you look carefully, there's like there's jazz fusion, there's soul singers on there, there's like weird indie rock as well. And so I've I like once I really took a look at the catalog, I was like, oh, cool! Like I totally feel like my music will fit here. And also, um, I think Kenny also kind of knew me from. I used to be in a band called Kids These Days a long time ago, and uh, he there was some connection that he had. He was like working at Adidas or something in Portland when we we were there like doing a show at Adidas at the Adidas headquarters or something a long time ago, and uh, and yeah, so he kind of we him and I kind of had a connection from that. So yeah. I do want to go back to the beginning a little bit, and you mentioned kids these days, and uh, I'm sure that that this this part of your life was pretty impactful in terms of you know the impact that it had on your career as a musician. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that beginning stage um, of your career? You played bass in the band. Um, Vic Mensa is a name that today is you know very well known um, among artists that came out of the band and then kind of paved their own way to a new to new heights i would say um how was that time for you as a musician like what did you take away from that that you've still benefit of today um as far as what i took away from that experience um yeah i mean it was like a massive learning experience at a time when we were all so young and uh and kind of wide-eyed and like still figuring out who we are and what we are what we're doing and um true because you were all yeah. in high school back then right still so uh most of us were off. no no that's fine yeah uh yeah most of us were uh at one point or another yeah um And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of like a crash course in um, music industry, like a crash course in music industry. Like it was, uh, we like really were out there doing it. We were going on tour. We were putting out music. We were talking to managers. We were talking to lawyers. We were um, firing managers and hiring new, ma like it was like, it was insane. It was like, oh, this is, yeah. And we were like played on a, t on a, late night TV show and like did all these, did all these things that were like just insane learning experiences and on a, on a high level that, you know, is still to this day surprises me. Um, so yeah, ultimately I would not go back and change a thing. And I'm so grateful that that whole thing happened. How did you feel about the band and everyone else kind of going in a different direction and, And where did you feel you were going? Um, yeah, so I didn't... At that time, I had no idea. Like, I think I had no idea where really where I was going. I, I just knew I wanted to keep playing music and, and um, 
yeah, like a couple members from two other members from the band and myself started another band right after that. And I think we were, ho- I, I, I was hoping, you know, maybe this band will be as good or, or maybe as successful as the previous band, or at least like we'll be able to get some opportunities because people kind of already know us from this band. But that band, uh, which was called Marrow, ultimately didn't work out because, well, from my perspective, it was like a lot of the folks in the band had different songwriting styles and, and we were all still like growing and, and, and figuring out what we were doing and who we are. Um, so that band wasn't, wasn't meant to last, but, um, I think I don't really have any, I mean, obviously it was great and interesting to see everyone go off and do and be super successful. Um, but I think the, my biggest takeaway from that time is like, uh, I still had so much more learning and growing to do and figuring out who I was. Whereas a lot of other people in the band kind of had their thing figured out and, and kept going and just kept doing that and, 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 and found great success, which I am so happy for. Um, so yeah. Can, can you name a couple of those things? What, what, what did you feel like you still had to figure out and, and, where did you achieve that in what in what areas um i think it's a lot about what what do i value as far as musical taste and um and and again the, the other thing is like i still feel like i'm figuring this out like all the time like there's in in a lot of ways there's no like actual landing place or there's no, there's not like a moment where you Ha- you like oh i have my art like saying that oh i have my artistic identity all figured out right now like i feel like that's an endless pretty much an endless journey if you look at someone like miles davis like he ha- he went through a whole career of completely changing himself um you know a- a- across decades obviously but um so i think yeah my biggest takeaway is just like uh at the time the like learning that your artistic identity is something that changes it's it's never really set i think some people are better at executing executing it at certain times in their career um but for me i still <laughs> i still think i'm figuring it out and hopefully within the next like five or ten years i might um have more of a of a landing place time for a musical interlude here's lane's song i wouldn't say no if you wanted to fly to mars your point about like me putting out that electronic music project in 2015 and then being in kids these days and being in all these different bands like i've never i've i've always felt like a bit of a chameleon that never 
totally like fits in anywhere. Like I'm happy to play a lot of different things and a lot of different styles of music, but um, every time I sit down and try and figure out like who I am as an artist, I cannot come up with a sensible or like a I cannot come up with a clean cookie cutter answer that like makes total sense to me. And so I I kind of just stop trying and I'm like I just love music and I just I do all these things and I'm a chameleon and 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 that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was going to be my question. Do you need to do you do you need to figure this out and have like a clear answer? <laughs> I don't think you do. I think the human mind or at least my brain um wants a wants an answer like there's like a there's just like this drive this this instinct that wants like a clear black and white answer um but for what for my for my peace of mind for for my to to calm my ocd about this about this question um is it stressing you out to not know it doesn't stress me out it's just um It's like <laughs> it's just it's just some in a in a world where there where there is so much uncertainty, I think the mind searches for at least my brain searches for a clear answer that makes sense. And especially when you're dealing with with, with artistic pursuits, which there can be a great deal of um how would you just say this? Like Uh, there's a great deal of like ambiguous sort of magic, if you will, that goes into artistic pursuits and that's stuff that you can't really quantify. And so when you're dealing with like a world of that, it's sometimes nice to be like, oh, well, I know that if I just do X, Y, and Z, this song will sound like this and boom, that's my identity. But it doesn't work like that. I mean, my I, I was I was going to get into a bit of the challenges um, that you've encountered, but I feel like this is from hearing you talk about it. This seems to be one of the challenges is really finding your your artistic identity. Um, that seems to have been a thing for you over the last years. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's. I think a lot of musicians and any artists definitely deal with that. Um, I think for me it's it's it was it's even more pronounced because like like I play different instruments I I I still play a variety of instruments like I started my first instrument was playing drums and I thought I was going to be a jazz drummer for a while and then I was like oh man I really like playing bass actually let me keep doing that I was like all right I I think I'm going to be a jazz bass player And then this band happened and it's like, all right, well now I'm like touring in this hip hop band. I don't really have time to practice jazz that much. And so you like, you kind of get, you, you get put into these circumstances and you're like trying to balance what you think you want while also trying to figure out what you actually want while navigating, playing these different instruments. And yeah, it kind of just goes on like that for a while. So I don't know. Yeah, the artistic identity thing, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. So you you mentioned why you wanted to achieve that for yourself, you know, the peace of mind. I'm I'm wondering what impact do you think this will have on your music? Like will your music be better if you found that? I don't know if it'll be better. Um 
a very yeah. philosophical discussion right now also so you know <laughs> yeah. i know it's i know it's not easy to answer these things but i'm just like throwing my my questions out no, there a no little bit. no it's awesome it's awesome um in a way i think it does make someone's music better if they know who they are and what they want and that's also that's also just a that's a musical pursuit but that's also as you said a philosophical human pursuit that uh many of us are still in i guess different stages of figuring out i'm only 31 i don't know how old are you miles 34 okay all right all right so we're basically the same age uh yeah i think if you're if you are still if we're still in our 30s um i think it's we can be kind to ourselves and say if we don't know exactly who we are and what we want that's okay I totally agree with that for sure. Yeah. I don't know why it's the 30s. I feel like, I, because it's funny you say that because I've said myself, like, if I don't really know by 40, that's kind of more problematic than <laughs> yeah. if I don't know in my 30s. So, like, yeah. Exactly. Hey, something I, I'm, I'm, you know, with all the challenges, obviously, you've you come also like a lot of learnings. And I'm wondering what something in the in the beginning stages of your career, something that you've learned that you've still practiced today that that you've realized helped you in your career. Is there something that you've, you know, yeah. that you that you can think of? Um, early on, I mean, I guess... One thing about being in that band, Kids These Days, is that early on, you kind of... Yeah, I mean, you learn how... Um, for lack of a better word, just how how kind of fake and and brutal the music industry can be. And, and you also learn how... Um... Yeah, I guess just kind of navigating navigating the dynamics of the music industry would be like the academic uh way I would say it. Um yeah, because yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I, I that's also like something that I've you know, I'm not an I'm not a part of the music industry. I have ne I never have been, but it's something you hear a lot and also in these these discussions with artists is something you know the music industry is trying to get you and you know like there's always this this view on the music industry being so bad with artists and and i'm really curious as to why that is and why artists make so many negative experiences with with the industry um well there's a lot of people that think what well, you know we don't get paid enough uh and i agree i mean streaming the streaming model there's a litany of issues with that whole situation um and uh i guess for me from a personal standpoint um there's just and this of course this is in any this is in any industry as well for the most part but there's just a lot of bullshit man there's a lot of people that are bullshitters quite frankly and you you sit down with the in these meetings with people at whatever agency it is and and they just kind of bullshit and don't really say anything and 
Um, I learned I learned early on that if you're in a meeting with someone who's like a, a music industry person, um, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't really mean anything. It, it could, it might, if something, if somehow something comes of it afterwards, that meeting might mean something. But um, I've just been in so many meetings where people are just blowing hot air and nothing happens afterwards. And it's like, why did we even, why are we even in this room sort of thing? Um, mm. so that would be my personal, my personal gripe with the music industry. Yeah. Something that I noticed about you, I mean, obviously being in so many bands, you know, performing live is such an important asset of, you know, you know, building a career in music, making, um, a living off of it obviously also helps to perform live a lot. Mm. How did you find all these venues to play at? I know that. The elbow room, I think, was really important in the beginning stage for Marrow as well. You played there a couple of times. And, yeah, man. Um, how does that happen? Like, <clears throat> do you do you just go to different clubs and cafes and I don't know and and show them your music or do they approach you? Like, what's a what's maybe a good blueprint for other artists that might be looking for venues to play at? Um, are there any tips and tricks? Um. Uh, definitely have some music recorded, um, that you can send to the venue so they can hear what you sound like, so they can know that you don't sound bad. Um, and then I don't know, depending on if you're just starting out, just, I would say, just look for, look for smaller places. Like don't try and play at a big place if you don't think anyone if if you think only a few people are going to come to your show definitely yeah obviously don't play at a big place um but really it's just like finding in this day and age it's just like finding the email for the venue and um hoping that they email you back um i mean there's some places that maybe won't email you back if it's not coming from like a booking agent or someone but my advice would be have some good sounding music of your own recorded and be a, be able to send it to the venue um, when you're asking about trying to get a show there. All the different instruments and, and also singing and, and you mentioning, you know, practicing. How do you learn all these things? Like, um, especially with the background that you mentioned earlier is that you, you found so many interesting things and so many different instruments and different genres and, um, do you just pick something up and and go on YouTube and watch YouTube tutorials or how how do you learn? What's your learning process like? Um it's been a while since I tried to learn a new instrument, but honestly, I think I lucked out because I started playing drums when I was really young and then I started learning bass when I was really young. And then I also kind of started learning piano when I was really young. And I was able to take lessons with teachers on all those instruments. And I had enough time to practice all those instruments. And um, I think that's really just the key is like, if you're young, I mean, they always say that your brain is like, you know, the young mind is, is more absorbent or whatever when it comes to learning new stuff. So I think that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it was just a certain time and place being young and, and having access to good teachers, which I'm so thankful for and having access to really good 
music programs, many of them which were through the Chicago Public Schools and places like Merritt School of Music in Chicago. Yeah, you had a pretty um, yeah. important bass teacher, I think, right? Uh, Lauren Cohen, I think his name was. Oh did he teach God. you? Did he teach you everything? Great research, Miles. Oh my <laughs> God, you're killing it, dude. Uh, that was that's almost Nardwar esque. Are you? Do you know about yeah, Nardwar? He's, he's, yeah, of course. He's okay. a, he's a, he's like he's a big inspiration. Yeah, oh, for good. sure. He's yeah, he's yeah. the best. He's the best. Yeah, um, definitely. That's a yeah. That's a great person to be inspired by for sure. He's got yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, so yeah, teachers. I mean, how important are teachers in that process? Uh, is is that something that you've that you've you mentioned you've relied on a lot, right? Learning also from others and making sure that you know um, you learn from from skilled people that might be more skilled in something than than you were at the time. Yeah, I mean, whew, like learning from a good teacher at an early age is uh, it's so crucial, and it, it can it can it can make you into are a different musician, I will say, than a much different, uh, more aware musician, I, I think, than people that, you know, maybe don't study with a teacher. Um, of course, you cannot, you can never take a lesson in your life and, and still, um, create something valuable, of course. And, and, and I don't think studying with a teacher is not, you know, the end all be all and, and people can, can express themselves and make art in whatever way they want. But, um, but if we're talking about like musicianship and like, just like textbook musicianship, studying with a good teacher early on is like the best thing you can do for yourself. And there's still things that I practice to this day that I learned from, like you said, Lauren Cohen, um, that have made me a have one thousand percent made me a better bass player and sound the way I sound. Time for another musical interlude. Here's Lane's song "Mineral." to stick with that topic a little bit with with improving and getting better because you know um i think it's really admirable how how much you've done 
um, how many projects you've been involved um, with, how many bands you've been in, uh, how many times you performed live. Like your whole 10, 15 years uh, of the last years were really impacted by music and you've kept going and you've kept going and you've kept going. Um, but this means that you also need to improve, right? You need to get better at your craft. And how do you do that? What do you do when you're not inspired anymore and you need to improve? And I think that's something that you've dealt with in the past because I remember reading something about this inspiration versus burning out dilemma that you've mentioned somewhere. How did you make sure to keep finding satisfaction in what you're doing um, and not letting go, even in times where you might have been inspired by other things? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of why I started singing and writing songs. And that was kind of the main inspiration behind this album, too, was like, again, the album's called Looking Out. And I was kind of looking out for myself in that moment and also looking out to see what I needed to do or to to stay inspired and, and keep engaging in music in a way that felt like I was actually doing something. Cause it's easy to like, yeah, it's easy to like, kind of just kind of play. I mean, music is always fun to play, but um, I think a lot of musicians deeper down, there's this side of them that like wants to, you know, make an artistic statement and feel like feel depth and feel deep and like write some deep words and make poetry and like, and um and engage on that level um and 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 the trick moving forward is is doing that without um um really just doing that for yourself i think that's that's something i've learned too is like just like the whole thing about being deep and like wanting to feel like you're you're like channeling artistic spirits like that's all important that's cool as long as you're just doing that for yourself for your own nourishment then i think you're i think that's like you're going to go far with that that's what i'm trying to figure out um but yeah I, to to specifically answer your question like um just not getting burnt out and like continuing to look for inspiration is definitely what led to the creation of this album so yeah would you say that you've that you're better at what you do than a year ago or 5 years ago or oh. 10 years ago? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm better. I mean that's a hard one. I'm not a better hmm I guess I, it depends on what you mean by better. <laughs> it's a tricky yeah, one. Yeah, I, I was I, I was hoping you wouldn't you wouldn't get back to me <laughs> on that one. <laughs> no, no, a totally legitimate uh, question back for sure. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't really. Yeah, good. I mean, good question. <laughs> what is better? Um, I mean, because I, you're doing new things, so it's also difficult, you know, with you putting out this album that is, you know, you, now you're singing and you're doing, you, you know, you're experimenting with new things. It's hard to say if you're better at music than you were 10 years ago because it was just such a different time, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't say better, just different. Um, 
I think I, I yeah. Again, it's also like there are improvements and benefit or not benefits, but like there are like the album just came out, and I still won't know like how it's changed me for maybe like another six months or a year or something. But I do know that I'm on the inside just to myself. I'm definitely proud of myself for like doing this and like kind of stepping out of my comfort zone and singing and like making some songs and making the album. And um, so in some way, I would say I am better for having done that at least just for myself. Like this isn't like, Hey, look at me, like look at me pushing my boundaries. Like no one really cares about that. Like I, I know that that in itself is an accomplishment for me. And, and so that's going to make me better in some way. Yeah. So that's an accomplishment for now. And I, I, and I, I love that you said that. What, what is something that you hope to get out of all this work that you've put into this project? Like what is a success that you would want to see? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is like so much of music is you're just making the reward for making music is that you get to make more music. Um and uh so I'm not, you know, ultimately what I love to go I w- I would like to do an opening tour for a band um that maybe has a slightly bigger following than mine. Um because then you can actually play in front of people when you go on tour. So, I mean, you know, if that were possible, I would do that. But otherwise, I don't really have huge expectations except to stay open to what the next inspiration will be. I mean, ultimately, I, I'm going to write, write another album and sing, write more songs and make another album. Um, but what that exactly what that's going to look like i don't know and i'm just you just got to stay open and be excited about what's going to come next something that i um that i'm always interested in when talking to artists as well is is about other artists that they came across on their journey um who might be um you know emerging who might have just started with their career in music um I'm curious to hear who your unsigned hypes would be, people that you believe deserve more attention in the music industry. Um, people, okay, so all right, that's an interesting question because when I was thinking about this question earlier, I guess I didn't really factor in the 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 who should be getting more attention aspect of it or who deserves more or not deserves, but who do I think should be having more eyes on them. Um, And I guess I could stick with the people that I originally thought of. The first one would be, uh, there's a Chicago artist named Sen Morimoto, um, who is about to put out an album that I think is probably going to be really good. I think I have a feel, I just, the reason I'm thinking about him is I, I just have a feeling that he's about to hit um a stride um like his music's already very good very very good but i think you can kind of when people are like really making something super good you can kind of feel it coming and you can kind of see it 
happening. And I think like his next album is about to be probably some of his best work. And that's just exciting. And I'm mostly like, I'm not going to lie. I played in his band once. And so I'm, I'm a little biased here because he's my friend too, but, uh, he's he put out an EP with these three songs that are really really good and they sound uh yeah i just i just have this feeling that his whole thing is like super coming together right now and his next album is going to be insane so i definitely think people should look out for that oh and then the other one uh would be sam evian who <laughs> <laughs> no I'm good bi- i mean i thought <laughs> I guess I, I'm biased here again because like this is someone I know and I'm I'm actually about to go I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go on a six week tour with Sam Evian playing bass for him. Um he's opening for this band called Tennis. Um but yeah, Sam is just an insanely good songwriter. He's an insanely good producer and he's just like putting out insanely quality work, super good work. Um, that uh, I think more people should check out. He's he's definitely got a following, a well deserved following. Um, but yeah, he's his songwriting is very sensitive. Um, and like his production is just like it's so well like aesthetically curated. Like he's such a he's you can tell he's a very thoughtful producer and songwriter. But it's like it, it also comes from a place of also not overthinking it. Like it just um his songs and his music kind of just it flows in this very um this very clear headed way, if that makes sense. It's not it doesn't sound like he thought he thought too hard about what he was doing. And yet is this is a balance that all musicians have to find is like you can't I don't think it's smart to th- to overthink what you're doing, to think too hard about what you're trying to make. Cause it's going to come out. It might come out sounding kind of rigid and, and yeah, just overthought. Um, and Sam really strikes that balance of like, he obviously put a ton of thought into like the aesthetic choices he's making, but he did it in somehow this kind of selfless way where it all kind of just flows out and nothing about it sounds rigid. So yeah, as you could, yeah, Sam, maybe definitely someone to check out you've mentioned i mean throughout this interview you've 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 already given great advice um for others to to benefit of i guess in, in a way um but i'd still like to ask you what are what are what are what are some of the main advice you would give someone who's just who's who, who might be just thinking about starting a career in music and might be a bit hesitant about putting stuff out there and what, what what advice would you give that person? Well, as far as being hesitant about putting stuff out, um, I definitely get that. I understand why someone would be hesitant, but you do kind of have to do it. Um, unless you really think that what you made is like somehow not worth sharing at all. But I I don't see that would have to be a very specific circumstance for that to be like to really trash something that you made like that. Um, I, I just think like if, unless if you give something, if you give your heart, all of your heart to something and you put your soul into it and you really are thoughtful and you care, then 
that in itself is worth sharing. So even if you even if you don't think it sounds that great, as long as you know that you honestly put your whole soul into it, then yeah, you can there's no way you can't share that. Like you have to share that. You should share that. Um and then yeah, as far as just like being a musician and starting out, um I guess my the most simplest thing I would say is just um do this do the music thing because you love it and because you have to because uh like because it's like emotionally supportive for you and you need you need to do it and then and then bit of a pessimist here like don't set your expectations too high uh like love what you're doing love the music and just just keep cultivating that and don't don't do music because you are you're placing all your bets on playing Coachella or you're placing your like your motivation is to I mean obviously some people this is this is my personal way of thinking about it some people are more much more like goal driven goal oriented success is like People have people have different views about success. We'll put it that way. But my view is: don't set your expectations high, but love what you do, and make sure that you are cultivating that love and continuing to listen and engage with music in a way that, um, yeah, feels good to you and makes you feel good inside. So yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, maybe to 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 finish this really amazing conversation, I would like to know from you. You know, with all the ups and downs and everything that you've you've seen throughout this this career of yours, um, what do you do it all for? Uh, it's just what I do. <laughs> it's just what I do, man. It's just what I do. Um, Yeah, actually, honestly, like recently, I'd say maybe every six months or maybe every, I'd say once every year, there's like a three week period where I, um, I am ready to just like, or I tell myself, all right, it's time to, it's time to go to law school or it's time to, just be a history teacher or it's time to like find it's time to go do this other thing that your life is going to be. And, um, every time that happens, <laughs> I just keep playing music. I just like keep playing music and I can't stop. So I, um, I just don't, I'm, I think once I turn, maybe once I turn 32, I'll stop having that happen. But, Having um, what happened? Having yeah. had the doubts happen or the music happen? Uh, ha you know, having the 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 doubts, the uh, having like the three week period where I'm like, okay, I got to be a lawyer now. Um, yeah, it's tricky, man. I I I work. I you know, I do a bunch of different things. Like I I work part time at a venue, and I'm 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 interested in doing other stuff. Like I want to learn Italian and teach English and in Italy at some point and I want to like you wanted to learn German at some point <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was I'm, 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 I'm German by the way That's yeah why. yeah yeah we, we, we could talk and we can talk in German oh I got nothing <laughs> I got nothing in Schuldigong I got nothing um 
yeah there's other things i want to do and but the music's just always going to be there and like i mean i hope it's always going to be there it's it doesn't seem like it's going away and it's 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 what i love and um yeah i think it's important again like going back to what we were talking about 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 knowing who you are and knowing what you want like i've i've talked to a few people in the industry who are like this is what I do. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I do. And there doesn't really need to be a much deeper reason than that, except that you know who you are, you know what you want, you know you love music, and and that's why you do it. So I think, like I said, yeah, hopefully moving forward, there's going to be no more thoughts about trying to be a lawyer and all that. <laughs> so, yeah. Lane, thank you so much um, for this really incredible conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Miles. This was awesome. Thank you so much for asking me and having me on the show. Uh, your research is impeccable. <laughs> thank you. Nardwar would be Appreciate proud, it. man. This was Unsigned Hype, episode 10, with Lane Beckstrom. The track you're hearing right now is called Parachute. You will find the song in the Unsigned Hype podcast playlist, along with all other songs discussed in this episode. Make sure to support Lane by checking out his music and following him on social media. And for your weekly Unsigned Hype, make sure to also follow us on Spotify and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below. Unsigned Hype.